0: Now, 7.49, many of us will be curious as to what sort of deal can be done based on the questions that were left hanging in the air in our last interview, but also as to what conclusion might have been reached in working level talks led by Song Kim and Chae Sun-hee as they carried out another round of dialogue, this time in Singapore yesterday. They had several rounds at the inter-Korean border in the last few days. Joseph chirin president of Ploughshares Fund, non-profit organization working to rid the world of nuclear threats, now joins us on the line. Thank you for taking the time.
1: My pleasure, glad to be with you.
0: For people who are not too familiar with your organization, can you just let us know so we can uh, better understand the position you're coming from?
1: Sure, Plowshares Fund is a private foundation. It was started by a group of uh, philanthropists in San Francisco in 1981 when they thought that Ronald Reagan and Leonid Brezhnev were going to blow up the world with nuclear weapons. That was a pretty good analysis. And they pooled their money and tried to find the best people with the smartest ideas and how to stop that. They liked what they were doing. They made a foundation. And uh, for the last 10 years, I've been president of this foundation, working on exactly that, trying to eliminate nuclear weapons. And that's why this North Korea situation is so important. If you can actually get a deal with North Korea, if you can get them to stop what they're doing, roll it back and eventually eliminate it, that is a huge development for other nations as well, who will see that model and be encouraged not to pursue their own nuclear weapons programs.
0: So what are your personal expectations? Are you as optimistic as as you are laying out there for what might happen?
1: <laughs> I, I am guardedly optimistic. I heard you were talking to my friend and colleague John Wolfstall, He's the person who's actually worked on this North Korean issue in the Obama administration and in the Clinton administration, as he probably told you. And I find that a lot of the people who have worked with the North Koreans are very discouraged, very cynical about this. I think that Donald Trump may have inadvertently hit on something. He has flipped the script. The traditional route was to have years of negotiations, work out a comprehensive deal, then have a summit with the heads of state to seal the deal, Then you get a peace treaty at the end of this process as sort of the reward to North Korea. Donald Trump instinctively, and I don't think this is by design or some grand strategy, has decided to have the summit first to give Kim a reward which he's clearly enjoying, like you can see by his photos from Singapore. And then he's talking about a peace treaty. I think for Donald Trump, ending the Korean War is as important as ending North Korea's program. And inadvertently, he may have stumbled on the combination that creates the conditions by which North Korea can actually seriously think about giving up its nuclear weapons. It has spent decades and billions of dollars building this, they think they now have a shield against a US attack, they're not going to give that up lightly. But Donald Trump is putting on the table the kinds of political and security and economic incentives that could convince North Korea to do it. So yes, he may start a process that will take years. It's not he's not gonna fly home from this summit with Kim Jong un nuclear weapons in the cargo hold of his of Air Force One. It's going to take years longer than he originally thought, but he might have have done the big lift, offered Kim the big thing, and here's the last thing. Most importantly, he has solved the biggest obstacle to America making a deal with North Korea. He has brought the conservative right wing of the um, political spectrum and the Republican Party along with him. The Republicans are cheering a kind of deal they would be blocking if it was the Democratic President trying to do this, so he has the political ability to do something that Obama and Clinton never would have been permitted to do.
0: But having pulled out of that Iran nuclear deal, it's got to go significantly far, doesn't it, this deal, and can it go significantly yeah. far even after <laughs> a few years?
1: Uh, well, you know, pulling out of the, of the violating the deal, there's actually no withdrawal clause. He's violating the deal. Uh, certainly raises the price for any career deal it certainly you know makes his word less trustworthy. It makes his actions and what he did in Canada just over the weekend it makes it, it makes it much more difficult for anyone to believe him when he promises something, but it doesn 't make it impossible it 's like you know the interest rate on a mortgage we 're going to have to pay more for this deal now in the end he 's going to end up with something if he 's lucky. That looks very much like the Iran deal, a step-by-step approach, something that freezes the program first, then rolls it back, then has incentives built in on the U.S. side. We're going to have to do things to convince North Korea that they really should give up their weapons, and it's going to have a verification. It's going to look very much like what the Iran deal did, which was the most uh, intrusive toughest inspection regime ever negotiated. He killed the he killed the Iran deal out of revenge, out of his feelings about destroying Obama's legacy. It was a good deal for the United States, most of the world wanted us to keep it. I think he, he he'll never regret doing that, but I think he's going to have to model what he's doing with North Korea on the deal he said was the worst deal ever negotiated.
0: What about the other side of the coin, the, uh, the security guarantees? Can, what, what possible security guarantee yeah. can the U.S. offer North Korea? Well,
1: think, of, think about it from North Korea's point of view for a minute. What do you want? What do you want? Can your nuclear weapons protect you? Yes, they can. Can they help you with the economy? No, they can't. Can they satisfy you what your people want? What the ruling class of North Korea wants? Just look at it from that narrow point of view. There are lots of models out there right now for being a successful and very rich autocracy. You can be a ruler like Kim is, like his ruling elite are, and be a lot wealthier. So if you can do that, is that worth giving up your nuclear weapons? If you could be like Singapore, Imagine how he's feeling right now looking at Singapore. He's never been to a city like Singapore. He's starting to see what the rest of the world could be like, what he could be like, what North Korea could be like. That might be worth trading your nuclear weapons away if you thought you got the security guarantees. So what does that mean? That means a peace treaty with the United States. I think Donald Trump's willing to give him that. That means a change in the exercises with South Korea. No more bombers. No more nuclear-capable subs. That means diplomatic recognition. I think you might see the opening of interest sections. Uh, If we get anything like a deal uh, tonight, tomorrow... Uh, I, you might see the intersections opening. You might it's got, it's going to be fascinating. Direction.
0: We're going to pick up some of these points from you. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But we've got to leave it there as well. I, I think every interview today is packed with fascination. But Joseph <laughs> Chirinchione, <laughs> president of Ploughshares Fund, thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Bye bye.
0: And we'll continue after the latest news headlines.